And now, another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know, we're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. What's the old story about you can't, you can't, you take a bunch of uh, thin sticks and you put them all together and you can't break them, but you can break one at a time to break all of them? Anyway, I don't know. Some sort of uh, hand to, to hip action. You want to avoid certain body parts, you know, but the others are sort of would be all right, wouldn't it? How about a head bump? You get those three guys together. That's a powerful uh, threesome there, isn't it? I saw a bumper sticker recently. I heard of one that I really, really liked. It said, uh, don't judge me. I see. Don't, con- I see. don't judge me because my I sin differently than you do. I thought that was a good one. Anyway, all right. <laughs> it's brought to you each and every week by Dim Daly Nissan South. Don't County. worry. I'll get to it sooner or later. Good job, Austin. Good point. Again. Uh, all right, Gordon, uh, where should we start the list today? All right, well, let's start with uh, the article in The Athletic uh, that was posted on that website uh, about the jazz. Uh, Sam Amick had told us that this was coming. And uh, as I read uh, parts of that, uh, Jake, I was really impressed with the leadership of the jazz from the from the beginning about the the coronavirus how how the front the management and quinn snyder were all over that uh probably uh, before anybody else in the league which is makes it ironic that uh, that rudy gobert one of their team members obviously was the one that sort of triggered the shutdown of the entire thing but Quinn Snyder, just a stud, a star in that whole thing, the way he led the team through that. And uh, and, and I have to give uh, credit to Dennis Lindsay and all the others who uh, who were ahead of the game, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that part of the story was really interesting. It seemed like everything was was handled appropriately. There was a lot of, uh, of work with, you know, local governments there in, in Oklahoma City, as well as here in Salt Lake City and and uh, and the jazz. And I thought uh, one part of the story, like Chris Paul always annoys me and has been annoyed annoying me more lately and maybe we'll get to that story a little bit later on but i thought one interesting part chris arranged for uh, a couple of bottles of wine and some beer to be delivered to the to the locker room and i know not everybody around here imbibes but i bet you a lot of uh, a lot of the team there was like okay yeah i could use a glass of wine uh, yeah, looking for some kind of relief. Right. Going through all that, I, I thought that was an interesting part to the story and kind of how, you know, Oklahoma City, you can picture them across the arena, right, going through the exact same thing. And there was kind of this uh, little bit of a unity there in a, in a circumstance that was probably beyond anybody's imagination. I thought that was kind of an interesting part that they, they threw in there. But, yeah, I, I was impressed for the most part really about how it was handled top to bottom by by everybody involved, it was a little weird. They couldn't find a hotel. You'd you'd think that maybe somebody would have been a little charitable in that circumstance. But I mean, big well, ups I, to the residents in out by the old airport there in Oklahoma yeah. City. Shout out to them for teams uh, for to have out. a place. A team has to have a place to sleep. I mean, has to be able to rest. I mean, they, they, I mean, no room in the inn all around town. Whatever that was, that was really a strange component to the whole thing. And I knew some of that stuff in talking to folks. Uh, I, I knew parts of there, but but when you put a story together like that with the detail 
and, and it just sort of goes through the whole chronology. It's it's interesting to know the details. I did not know that Dennis had gotten his guys together and they had had that meeting prior to all that happening. Yeah, I thought that was uh, getting ahead of it, and that that's what you would expect from from Jazz management. They're uh, pretty keen, and and uh, Quinn Snyder's a rock star in that regard. Uh, as far as the aspect uh, aspects in the article about uh, the relationship of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, this is something when you read a sentence from a from an unnamed source uh, it says that uh, the relationship is unsalvageable. Boy, I'll tell you that uh, that sounds pretty pretty severe. Uh, now I know Joe Ingles has been having some fun with that, and others. I don't know how much of it is true. I wrote a column about it at sltrib.com. If you want to go check that out, but it is so important. Whatever the state of this relationship is, it's so important for them to figure this out. And some people say it's about the coronavirus. Some people say it runs deeper than that. Uh, Rudy isn't always the easiest guy to get along with. He's he's pretty driven, and he has a certain way about him. Others think that, uh, that that they're not all that compatible on the court. I mean, different people have different theories about it. I think it has to come together. These guys have to come together, communicate with each other, uh, patch over the differences because anybody I've told Austin this, and Jake, you know this, I've talked to you about it. Everybody I've ever worked with, sooner or later, if you care about what you do, you're going to end up bumping and skidding somewhere along the way. You're going to have some disagreements because we're not all exactly the same and i think that is in some ways a strength not a weakness but when it gets frayed to the point where it's uh the relationship is really hurting then come on guys get together you're reasonable enough you're smart enough you're driven enough to, to put your heads together communicate get it taken care of and move forward yeah, I, I have a bunch of thoughts on this, Gordon, and, and I don't disagree with you necessarily, and I enjoyed your column at uh, sltrib.com, but I don't think they have to all of a sudden become friends again because I think chemistry is often overrated in professional locker rooms. Um, you know, I know as fans and, and some members of the media like to look at teams and go, oh, I'm just so happy they're best friends. This is just so great. They just love each other so that's much. Not of the course point. They're that, going that's to not the I know, point. I know, I know, I know. It's I know. not a matter of being friends or best friends. It's a matter of cooperating together on the court. I don't think John and Carl were all that, but they weren't hanging out together. I mean, being best friends has nothing to do with it. No, I agree. That's why I'm saying I think that mm-hmm. chemistry is is overrated. I don't think you have to have that. I don't think Donovan and and Rudy necessarily have have to mend their relationship to the point where they're BFFs. And and I don't know how much mending has to be done in in the athletic piece. It's a, it's an unnamed source close to the situation who said it uh, is irreconcilable. Right? Did I say that? Right? Uh, unsalvageable. Uh, the unsalvageable. Thank you. Um, and and that's one anonymous quote that by no means tells the whole story. And and I'll add but those guys. So let me just say this. Those guys don't make that stuff up. It's not like so they're, they're relying on some unnamed oh, source. No, I agree. No, I agree. Clueless about what's going on. But regardless, it's just one opinion. I, I agree with that. And Sam Amick, uh, our, our dear friend, great, great friend of the show. And we love Tony. I don't know Sham Sharani personally, but his reporting is, is solid. I'm, I'm not, but it's still one voice, one opinion. Right. And I think everybody's on edge with this coronavirus. 
coronavirus uh, thing. And that's that's us, you know, folks out here in, in regular society, let alone in that little society that is the jazz traveling party where this all went down. I mean, what a what um reading the details of that night. That's traumatic stuff. You know, that's going to have impact on relationships and personalities and things. And you've talked about this is it's going to be lasting in a lot of different ways. And and the good news, I think, for, from a jazz perspective is there's going to be multiple months to figure this all out one way or another. There's a lot of water to go under the bridge. And once, once everybody fully takes a step back from this thing and we try to figure out how we proceed, there's a lot that can happen. So that's, that's how I'm viewing this, is there's a long way to go before this actually matters. And I don't know how much it actually matters, to be honest. It, it, you're telling me if the Jazz push a, a max contract in front of Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, they're not going to sign it and figure it out? Yep, they're going to. I so, don't know because they could—they're good enough that they could probably get a nice offer anywhere. And we've seen in the NBA in certain cases where star players are powerful enough to force something. And I, again, I don't know the depth of this, but why play with fire? You well, know? Donovan can't go anywhere because the Jazz control his rights. And well, they he control his rights, but if Donovan, if Donovan says, "Man, I'm tired of this. I want out of here," the Jazz would have little choice but to move him. Little choice, but I mean, is he going to not? Is he going to pass up on the money on the table? I mean, maybe he does that, I guess. But I, you know, Rudy is under contract uh, for the rest of this year and next year. Now he's eligible for that contract extension this off season, and that's going to be a big time decision to make. But yeah. you know, Rudy's still under contract for next year. I mean, the, there. The, I know it, it feels to a lot of people out there like this report. There's a lot of immediacy, but I really don't think that there is. I really don't. And could they salvage a relationship to the point where they could still work together? Well, you know, all of us dislike Lloyd, and yet we might manage to show up for work every day. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I, I don't we, think it's, we love Lloyd. I'm joking. But, but I think you get it's my not point. A, it's not a matter of immediacy. It's a matter of healing that which has to be healed. And I'm not talking about sitting around the campfire singing uh, campfire songs or anything like that. I, I'm talking about having a working a relationship, a work relationship that works. Well, I think- and, and, and you've got to be able to to have that, especially in the case of this caliber of player. That's where it gets dicey. I know what the contract says. I, I know that. But uh, I've also seen players around the league that sometimes get fed up and then they force a trade. So this is something that needs to be patched up. It, I, you know, it doesn't really matter when it gets patched up, but it has to be patched up to the point where it's workable. Here's That's all. Uh, I, I agree. I, like I said, I don't. I don't entirely disagree with you. I just really feel locker room chemistry is overrated. Honestly, I think the the number one task at hand uh, for the Utah Jazz is identifying Rudy Gobert's value, and that was a, a big deal before the the COVID nineteen outbreak, and it's going to be a bigger deal going forward because that's what they have to decide is he is he worth a super max extension, and if he's not, how much is he worth, and how grumpy is that going to make Rudy? That see, you know, we can talk about teammates and if you get along, but really, what's going to make Rudy grumpy is not having a fat paycheck. So. I mean, I think that's a bigger issue or a bigger item on the Jazz checklist right now than worrying about if these two players get along. Well, yeah, but you talk about not worrying about anything in the immediate future. I mean, they've got time on that hand, on the, in that regard as well. They got to do it this offseason pretty much. And why is that? 
because he's eligible for the extension. So do you put him on hold and let him become a free free agent? That's probably if you really are interested in retaining Rudy Gobert, that doesn't sound like a good idea. So when is that when when does that decision have to be made? This offseason. Yeah, and we don't even know what the offseason is going to look like. So it's obviously that's on their minds. Yeah. And it's on Rudy's mind too. Of course. Of yeah. course. And that's not a negative thing by the way. You know, uh, I know that athletes like to sell sell the message a lot, like, well, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just going to go out and play. You know, you can say that, but put yourself in their shoes. We talked about this yesterday or two days ago when your column came out about Tom Brady. These are real people. And if you had had millions and millions of dollars on the line, basically, you would feel that pressure on a nightly basis. There's no doubt. And you could tell reporters like, oh, I'm not even thinking about that. But guess what? You are. And Rudy is. And Donovan is, too, for that matter. I mean, it, it's, this thing's going to come back to, to money, I think. Yeah, when people say they don't, they don't think about money, they don't think about the contract, I'll think about that at the end of the season. B- BS. They're, they're thinking about it, maybe not every minute of every day. But, but pretty the, close. The, 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 <laughs> the thought crosses their mind every day, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, you bet. They're only human. They're only human. We'll get more into the jazz. We already talked about Gobert and Mitchell, and we'll talk more about that on down the line. Jake, what's the most universally loved food? Uh, borscht. <laughs> oh, have you ever had that? No, it sounds Ugh. terrible. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Uh, wait, wait, wait. There's a lot of people in, in India, right? Maybe it's curry. Wow. You know what came to my mind other than cheese, of course? <laughs> what would that be? Bacon. A lot of people like bacon. I'm wearing socks right now that say I love bacon. Really? Here, I'll show Austin. Are you really? Uh, oh yeah, I heart bacon. I heart bacon, right on my socks. I mean, some I don't people, see any I heart curry socks. No, that's true. Some people don't eat uh, bacon, but uh, a lot of people love it, and, and I love it. I, uh, bacon makes everything taste better, doesn't it? Uh, I, mean, I don't know if I would have it on ice cream, but it probably wouldn't hurt. I like bacon. Oh, have you not had bacon in your ice cream? I'm serious. No. It's amazing. Hmm. Really? Yes. The savory kind of goes with the it's sweet there. It's like putting there. syrup on your eggs. Yeah. It works. Kind of like the McGriddle, where they have that you okay. know, syrup injected into the pancake. <laughs> I wonder if they could do an ice cream McGriddle. Wow, now you're on to something. Trademark. <laughs> What's the weirdest ice cream you've ever had? I'm pretty basic when it comes to ice cream, so I don't I don't have a good answer for you here, Gordo. I, 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 looking back, when I was a kid, I think I had something called licorice voodoo. Uh, is that... Uh, different. Cursed licorice ice cream? <laughs> Probably. Explain those that. existential questions. You know, why does everyone love whatever? Bacon or steak or... or Wait, this or made the porch. list? <laughs> why know. does everybody love bacon made the list today? Fellas, are we any closer, are we any closer to a vaccine? We need to get Gordon out and around people again. If, if oh. there were any reason to flatten the curve, we need to get Gordon back into society because the the. Uh, well, this is the beauty of Gordon's list, though. It's that just is random. true. It whatever is, he it is thinks, just whatever random. he wants to talk about. Everybody that's loves why I bacon. Love it, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, Are we any closer to a vaccine? I know Bill Gates has thrown uh, his money behind it. Come on, Bill. You're would, a hero to a lot I'm, of guys. Make it happen. I'm mixing up a little something in my basement. It might work. I was getting, Would you guys give up bacon for the rest of your life to get a vaccine solved right now? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Jake? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Saving lives. You, you burn those socks there, you're wearing? 
<laughs> uh, you know, no. I mean, my wife doesn't eat bacon, so it wouldn't be that ah. hard for me to to move away. I'm from not bacon. giving up bacon. Sorry. Would you give it up for a vaccine? Nope. Bacon. Bacon wins every time. Get out of here! I'm kidding. Mark Cuban says the NBA could be could be playing in June, but he's uh, he's guessing. But he's uh, he was real optimistic, uh, like a couple weeks ago, right? And then he kind of tempered those remarks and now he's he's a little more optimistic again i don't know what he's basing it on but he is i like the Jake, op- that's your kind of guy yeah i like i really like the the optimism the the one concern i have that i guess has been around this whole time but one i've just kind of been processing is different states are handling this different ways which i actually think is a good thing because you handle these things on a more local level, it makes a lot of sense. I've been trying to focus on the, you know, news coming out of, of Utah because it, it you know, kind of directly affects me and it's something I can directly affect. But, you know, if let, let's say California's measures against this have been different than Texas. Yeah. So I would guess that that would continue as even we start to lighten things up, right? That things are going to be different, different areas. And so I wonder how they can negotiate that. And of course the, the, you know, the mega tournament down there in Vegas or whatever would, would solve that because there wouldn't be any traveling or anything like that. But as far as like business as usual operation, I wonder if that's going to hinder it. Yeah. Like you were saying that, that that's one thing that a lot of college football coaches have been asked about, but a lot of them have said, wait a second, there's different rules in different states. Right. So how are you going to, how are you going to bring all that together? Which is I more com- complex on, on like an NBA level than even college football. Cause like what is, what states do the PAC 12 have to worry about? Oregon, Washington, California, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado. I miss anybody. What is that? I'm six, seven states, six states. So that's a lot different than, say, the NBA, which which covers a lot more than that. And, and this thing, you know, how this is handled is certainly more regional. That'd be easier for colleges than it would be for a, for a league like the NBA. So it, it's why I like more and more the idea of kind of a quarantined playoff or something along those lines at, uh, at one location. That seems more realistic to me, I guess. Although nobody not gonna, can predict the future, as you say. Well, we're not going to see a bunch of people in the stands anytime soon. I mean, that's just the uh, that might not happen until there is a vaccine. Uh, you, you're right, and and who knows? I mean, but but the 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 point of social distancing and those sorts of things is to not overwhelm the healthcare system. And our healthcare system has, especially around here, reacted very very well. Uh, I know in other places like New York it was challenged, but I believe they still have not been overwhelmed. So that's really, really good news. So if our, you know, as we've talked about often on this show, the the more time we buy, the more prepared we can be. And so, you know, even without a vaccine, if if we're able to, the the healthcare industry and facilities are able to handle, you know, this situation, that's going to come into play as well. Are you guys getting a little edgy or are you hanging in there all right? I'm a little on edge. What's that supposed to mean? I, but I've been on edge for a while, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of coping. I I I would really like to get back to normal sooner rather than later. Let me put it that way. I know there are people out there that are hurting with various health conditions and whatever. But the first thing when you wake up in the morning, Jake. Is that the first thing that crosses your mind? Like it, it's it, it's like a uh, this kind of a vacuum that sucks you back into the circumstances that we're in right now. Is is that does that come to you every morning when you wake up? No, the first thing that crosses my mind is, "Wow, I got to pee." 
That's usually that's usually item number one. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> Literally, no. I mean, I I think we're all trying to adjust, right? I mean, it, today feels a little bit more normal than yesterday, even though it will never feel one hundred percent normal. I mean, I've talked uh, on the show before about walks with my daughter, that sort of thing. Like I'm kind of working that into a little bit of a routine, which I think is helping me, I suppose. Now I know you love your daughter, and Austin, I know you love your daughter, so. Are they are, are they are they getting on your nerves some of the time? You love them, I get it. But did you see that video of Kim Kardashian who was uh, doing a makeup tutorial, and she was interrupted by her kid? Uh, is it North? Is that what? Anyway, and and so she seems a bit fed up with her kid. I wonder who's with her. Well, I think you know everybody gets on everybody's nerves from time to time and now we're a little more on the uh, close quarters side of things gordon so i think that's only to be expected one more thing here before we move on tom brady's company has filed for two new trademarks tampa bay and tampa brady oh both of those are crazy dumb tampa bay that's dumb his initials are tb and he went to TB. They couldn't have done something smart with that. Something huh? better than than Tampa Bay or do you think this Tampa do you Brady? Think this, do you think this influenced this decision? No, I don't. Do I, you? I have no idea. I I don't know how much paraphernalia he can sell at Tampa Bay and Tampa Brady, but paraphernalia. If this if this <laughs> <laughs> easy there, Gordo. <laughs> What, is, what exactly do you think he's going to be selling here, Gordon? You can move some stuff easier in Tampa Bay. I don't huh? know. What's Tom legal Brady brand water bong. Here you go. That reminds me of that, that audio of uh, the, the kid who he takes the delivery and his mom catches his him. His mom finds it, yeah. He says, oh, What's that's that? a, a vase. <laughs> I ordered an Xbox uh, controller. Yeah, that's not an Xbox controller. That's a, mm, well, you can... Put stuff in there, I guess. Uh, Did you see the story that the University of Utah and BYU have agreed to a four-year extension in men's basketball? Yeah, I, I was really happy to see that. Actually, uh, I, I think that's great. I don't. We've talked about this before, Gordon, but I don't really see any good reason why they shouldn't play in basketball. And yeah, yeah. so I'm glad that uh, they got that figured out. It kind of me- means the end to the Beehive Classic, unfortunately, which I always thought was a good idea. But I'm glad they're playing the game. They start uh, at the Marriott Center December 12th, as scheduled, and uh, then they alternate from there, uh, going back to Salt Lake City. So that, that's good news, I think, for everybody who cares about sports in this state. Uh, speaking of basketball, do you see that Pace, uh, Pace Mannion's son, uh, guard Nico, will uh, be in the draft? Yeah, I did see that, and he, he should still be a lottery pick. However, his season at Arizona was somewhat underwhelming. So, of course, we've got a, um, a personal connection to the Mannion family and certainly are rooting for Nico uh, to be uh, awesome at the next level. But some thought, you know, coming out of high school, he could possibly be a top-five pick, and it doesn't look like he's quite there right now. Different players develop uh, at different rates. Uh, But, uh, of course, Pace, former University of Utah guard, and uh, used to have a show on our station. We know Pace well. And I remember Nico, and he was just a teeny kid. 
Yeah, you little know? itty it's bitty. It's so weird. I mean, does that make you feel old, Jake? A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Of course, uh, Nico's mom was a professional athlete, too, over there in Italy. A volleyball player. Yeah, right. The XFL closes down, Jake. I know that breaks your heart. No, I didn't really think it was going to work anyway, and I certainly didn't watch it. However, I do feel bad that these circumstances mm, were the reason it came to an end. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not cheering for anybody's failure out there. I was just skeptical. And uh, I'd, I'd like to see more opportunities for everybody, football players included, and I would hope that they, they were going to do it the right way. I didn't. I, I could have predicted that the league was going to shudder. I'm, I'm sad that this is the reason. That, that stinks. Do you think it would have worked had it not been for these particular uh, circumstances now? No. No. But at <laughs> least. You, just, you were a state guy from the beginning, and. Uh, that's the way it worked out. I think it's just there takes so much capital to run a professional NFL team, right? I mean, or or even uh, Hans was talking about this today, how much it costs college football teams to travel. I mean, just the sheer cost of that. I mean, let alone paying 50 players or 60 players or whatever you have on your active roster. I mean, it's just right down to medical care. It's just really expensive to run a football team. It's really expensive to run a football franchise. And that was the disappointing part of the AAF, right? Everybody assured everybody, oh, the financing is there. They're going to be able to do it. They're willing to lose money for the first three years. And it's like, well, never mind. (laughs) What you need to be successful in sports is either some connection with your fan base. So we've talked about this with schools, you know, who, uh, uh, you know, once you're a part of a school, then people tend to stay connected in that way and take great pride in it, uh, regardless of who's on the field. But I think in professional sports, you've got to have stars. Right. I mean, you've got to have somebody that somebody wants to come see because he's outstanding. The problem with the XFL is if they were that outstanding, they'd be in the NFL. But I guess it's also kind of interesting to see guys who come out, come out of the woods and, and show everybody that they can play. You know, that, that, that's kind of those stories are are nice. Kurt Warner style. Yeah, and but everybody gets obsessed with the TV dollars. But the truth is, with these upstart leagues, you have to give people a reason, any reason whatsoever, to go through the turnstile. I mean, well, it's atten- why- attendance wasn't that, well, attendance was decent. Well, it didn't fail because of attendance yet. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. that, that may have, uh, I, if you looked at the television ratings for the XFL, and again, I know I just said everybody gets obsessed with television, but if you look at the television ratings, they steadily declined from, mm-hmm. from week one pretty substantially. And so you wonder if the gate would have eventually followed. I don't know. We, well, unfortunately, we won't have the chance to, to find out. But it is the reason that, you know, you see a lot of minor leagues do a tons of promotions and creative ways to get people through the gate because that's, that's what you've got to do to exist. And I think to your point, Gordon, you say star power. I mean, that certainly is one of those. But you've got to identify with the community and you have to get kind of ingrained. And that takes time, right? I mean, that, that, that takes time to get people introduced to the experience and your product and those sorts of things. And unfortunately for the XFL, they, they, that time was cut short. Okay, two more things real quick. The second one we'll get into later on because I think it's kind of an interesting uh, thing to discuss an evergreen type situation, but how are you figuring? How are you figuring six feet, Jake? How are you figuring? Or do you, you go ten feet? Which one are you? When you and Sadie go out to the to the uh, local school or whatever, 
How, how far are you staying away from people, and how how are you calculating that in your mind? I just give people a wide berth. But in all honesty, Gordon, I'm not coming in contact with very many people. <laughs> mm-hmm. The ones I do— Ten feet or 50 feet. It's, uh. Yeah, it's not very difficult. And uh, even though Austin and I are, are working kind of in the same office, I suppose, I mean, there's glass in between Austin and I the entire show. And even when we're talking in the lounge— uh, the Zone Sports Network lounge out here before the show begins. Gordon, of course, uh, you've been in the lounge every single day. Uh, we're, we're, what, Austin, like 20 feet apart? I mean, neither one of us are pushing it. I, don't, I honestly... Minimally, it's like 12 feet yeah, that we're I, ever closest. Yeah. I, I am not around enough people these days to really you know, get out the, the old ruler. I will tell you, when I go to the store <laughs> and, and things get a little bit closer, I've been, uh, I've been going with the old mask. I've been pretty pretty careful about it from that standpoint but i'm not around enough people to be like oh hey that's five and a half let's let's take it easy here you know one thing i wondered about when people wear masks to the store does anybody mistake them for you know a a stick up uh i hope not i haven't felt that way until now so thanks for that (laughs) reach for the sky pilgrim thanks gordon (laughs) Appreciate that. Appreciate <laughs> no, I that. Just, I was. I. I wasn't. Uh, you feeling, know what we needed a negative thought. I wasn't feeling enough anxiety <laughs> while shopping at the at the <laughs> local grocery store. So thank you. Thank you very much. Now I now I need uh, to go get a prescription on top of are, uh, uh, of uh, uh, milk. Have you guys noticed our crime statistics down during this time? I haven't looked to be honest. I know. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I did see a report that domestic violence is up. Oh yeah, which is mm-hmm. just terrible. So we need to mm-hmm. we need to be nice to one another. And finally, this and we'll save it for uh, later on the show. But uh, with the Masters being postponed uh, till November, what's your favorite sports event of the year? It's one of those evergreen topics that we talk about sometimes. But maybe that's something to think about. And I'm not talking about what's your favorite sport. I'm talking about what's your favorite event. Well, certainly not the Masters, but. We can, we can think about that. What do you mean? Certainly not the Masters. A lot of people love the Masters. No, I know. I, I thought you were asking me. No, I, I, I am. But you said certainly not. Like that was, it wasn't even didn't have a chance. In my opinion, no, it doesn't. That's way down. And the why is that? Why do you? It's not even my favorite that? golf major. Uh, which which one are you? Are you the British? Uh, the I like Open the Championship? Open Championship. That is uh, that is my particular favorite. But and why is that? Uh, because it's the the original, right? And I feel like it it gives some unique, difficult conditions. <laughs> you like seeing the best players in the world out there in the cow pasture, you know, with the rain and the wind blowing, and uh, they're hacking hacking the ball out of six uh, six foot wheat yeah. fields. I, you know, the hoity toity masters. No thanks. Ooh. Plus, I, their their <laughs> politics over the years have have been mm, not my cup of tea. I put it that way. You're still holding it against. Uh, what was that guy's name? Hootie. Who is it? Hootie. Yeah, but I have a feeling it goes. It goes back before Hootie. Oh yeah, probably farther back you go, the worse it gets. Yeah, I would guess so. All right, Steve Clowkey is going to uh, join the show coming up next. Howard Beckett four. Mike Conley at five. It's the big show. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.